A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, By Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning in to In The Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and our special guest today is Rodney. Um, he is a painter extraordinaire, and he really reinvigorated his passions uh, during the pandemic. So Rodney, please introduce yourself. Hello everyone, my name is Rodney. I'm very excited to be here, um, and I'm very happy to have Flo ask me to be here, and I'm very excited about this whole thing. Awesome, I appreciate your excitement. And I, I feel like usually um, listeners don't realize that sometimes when we schedule things, it kind of can fall through the cracks. And so I don't know how many times we have tried to do this, but finally it's happening. <laughs> this might be the fourth time. It sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, but, you know, everyone gets busy, and, and especially when the pandemic happened, and now that things are starting to pick back up, it's hard to start scheduling things because so many things are popping in and out. So, you know, I we knew it would happen, and I'm happy it's happening now. So I'm very excited. Nice. Speaking of things picking up, you getting busy, um, you are recently or about to launch a like Live Nation campaign. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, sure. What happened is... Um, a, someone reached out to me on Instagram that I went to high school with years ago and saw some of my pieces. And Live Nation is about to do a remodel of their headquarters in Dallas, Texas. So they wanted some artwork for their green rooms, um, their VIP rooms, and some of their executive offices. So they did reach out to me to ask me to, to do some pop art for um, some musician spaces and stuff like that. And it all started last year in November. And I got very overjealous, very excited about it and said I would do it without realizing that I'm more of an abstract painter than a pop art um, portrait painter. So I had to, um, I tried it for a couple of months and I had to actually go back to them and turn them down because I just wasn't comfortable with doing something and giving them work that was subpar and that I wouldn't be proud of. So it almost didn't happen, but then they came back to me a couple of weeks later 
and said that they had redesigned what they were going to do and said that I had creative control over what I wanted to do for them, but they just wanted to, um, you know, for it to look like theirs, it's, it's abstract, but it had faces in them, so you can recognize the face. So that's more up my alley, and they commissioned me to do eight pieces, and I've spent the last seven, seven to eight months putting them together and creating them, and I finally finished them um, two and a half weeks ago, and they're on, they're actually down in Texas now. So I'm not quite sure when they're gonna go up because there's a whole renovation process and stuff that they have to do. But I'm done with that, and they're gonna start, once they go up, then they're gonna start on their social media, tagging my artwork and putting out all of my stuff, all the installation that they did, along with my artwork. So it's one of the biggest um, commissions that I've ever done. So I'm very happy and very excited to see how it all looks when it's all done. Oh, that's amazing. So have you been painting steadily like this over the years or did the pandemic really, had you not been painting prior to the pandemic? No, I, I usually go sprouts of painting. There are some times where I won't paint for a very long time. And when I met my husband, well, um, he would always try to, you know, you should be painting, you should be painting. And I'm like, the last thing you need to do is tell an artist when to paint because then I can't paint. <laughs> but when um, when the pandemic hit and we couldn't really go anywhere and we're stuck in the house, I needed to get the crazy out of my head because otherwise I would unleash all this craziness onto him. <laughs> so I started to paint a little, I started to catch, um, sketch a little, do some drawings, and then it just started to get to a point where every day I was painting and on the weekends I was painting a lot more. And every day for about a year I have I have like over and it's the first time I've painted so much in my life because I would always paint for shows or a particular art opening that I would focus on this was just me creating and painting just out of the blue because we're stuck in the house and I have over 200 pieces now so I can shop around different I have they're all totally None of them are really related. There could be a couple that are related, but there's such a wide variety and it's something that, I, that I've never done before and it's just like a huge explosion. And now I'm like, well, I wonder if I need to be trapped in the house more so that I can create more. <laughs> so, you know, just keep me locked in a room somewhere and I'll just continue to paint forever. But, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> That's amazing, though. I mean, 200 pieces of art. Is that including the Live Nation stuff? No, that's totally separate. That was, that was, um, they came to me after they saw a couple of the pieces that I posted, you know, on, on my Instagram, which I should be a, a little bit more involved in because they got, I got the jobs through Instagram. But it, it had nothing to, to do with what they wanted. So I did totally a whole nother eight, um, huge. And they are 
45 inches by 45 inches. So they're also the largest paintings I've ever done in my life also. So to do eight very large, very large paintings for an installation that's going to someone like a live nation. It was a, you know, seven months of a lot of creativity, but seven months of a lot of stress and, and, and thinking, you know, is it going to be good enough? Um, who am I thinking that I could do something this big? You know, all of these crazy emotions that I'm sure that most artists go through their heads at the time, but I got through them without a problem. They went a lot smoother than I thought it was going to be. So they are so totally separate from the craziness of the 200 other ones that I have sitting in my boiler room. <laughs> and I think you've um, had some of your work, recent work, um, I thought it was at like a, a hair salon or something like that. So you have been able to sell some art. Yeah, what, um, and a really good thing about the Live Nation deal is once they bought the pieces, the large original pieces, they let me have the ownership of the pieces. They got the originals, but I have the ownership of the pieces and I can resell, reprint any of the pieces that they bought. So I still have ownership and a lot of people love the pieces that I did for Live Nation. And so what I'm doing is if someone wants a reprint of one of the pieces that they already have, I will reprint it on a canvas and then have the canvas sent to me and I might change it up a little so it's not exactly the same as the original, but it is the original, but they get a little bit more added to it just so that it's almost not really, you know, a reprint, but it's a reprint with a little bit added to it so I can resell the reprints of the eight pieces that I sent to them. And they um, they agreed to this. It's under the contract with them and they said that it was perfectly fine. I could do whatever I want with them, which is huge because not only was it a great deal with them, I can continue from now on making money to do reprints of the same stuff where I don't, all I have to do is reprint it, resign it and stuff. And it's, it's great. And I've sold at least four more pieces from that collection because the um, people have wanted reprints for their businesses and for their homes. That's awesome. So I don't really yeah. know a lot about art, but can you explain how you, how do you, how do you make a print? Um, it's very easy. You photograph, you get a really good photograph of your original piece and you can have it sent off. There are so many different um, companies that will reprint it on anything you want it printed on. I can have it reprinted on a canvas. I can have it reprinted on a pillow. I can have it reprinted on a quilt. It depends on the company, but they will take a piece of your work and have it reprinted on anything you choose to. And it's and they do it for you. You just pay for them to do it. They ship it to you or you have it shipped to your customer. I usually have it shipped back so I can make some changes and sign it myself and then ship it off to whoever purchased it from me. But there are so many different companies that will reprint anything you want them to reprint, whether it's artwork, um, photographs, you can have photographs reprinted on campus. So I've been doing that um, for a few years now because some of my original artwork that I had that I resold, I always try to 
talk to the person that bought the original. They have the original painting, but I always ask them if it's okay if someone wants a reprint. If I can reprint it, they won't have the original. I always get, you know, permission. And I've been doing that just because, you know, some people might want one of my pieces, three or four people might want one of my pieces, but only one person is going to purchase the original. <laughs> and of course, the reprints are going to cost what the original is because that person has the original. And I haven't met um, anyone yet that hasn't allowed me not to do reprints because they feel like if they have the original, they feel special that they have the original and people want the reprints. So it works in my favor at the same time. <laughs> Great. So what are some of the galleries um, that you've shown in? I, I don't have any specific galleries that I've done because in New York, when I did shows, it was someone that was renting out a space that would put a few of us into it. So it wasn't a specific gallery. I haven't yet to shown in a stationary gallery, like a, a gallery that just does artwork. I haven't got to that point yet. I think now that I have a huge collection and my resume has Live Nation on it, I might be able to shop around to those, but I've done stuff where, you know, like a hair salon or a restaurant that changes their artwork up. And, and I've done that in Boston, I've done that here in Maine, and I've done it in New York. So in three of the cities that I can get to quick enough, I've done stuff like that, like in just like a shop, that you know, like a consignment shop. Um, there's a nice little shop here in South Portland that is the, called the Nick Nook. Um, and and um, I'm supposed to be doing a show. We were going to do a show there, but pandemic hit, so then it got put off. So that might be something. I like doing stuff like that because they're a little more intimate and they're not so like um, sales-oriented so that you have to try to sell your things and it puts a lot of pressure on you. So, you know, I like doing things like that. But... You know, I think it might be time that I do have a nice big collection. I might shop around and see, like, what the opportunities are going to be. Or I think I might hire a art representative that can take care of that stuff. Because I think I would get too involved in the details because I get a little too OCD. And then I think it would take away from me doing, picking out my paintings and doing my painting when I can have somebody else taking care of you know, let me shop it around for you and let's get the deals and do all that stuff at this point. That's what I would like to do. Right. Hopefully it will happen soon. Yeah, I'm sure it will. So yeah. so when people show at galleries, um, is the artist, does the artist get paid from the gallery or is it really the, the artwork that's sold, that's where the income is? Yeah, it's, um, you know, in most galleries, there's a um, percentage that goes to the gallery. There's a percentage that goes to the person that sold the particular piece. And then the artist gets the percentage. So it gets broken down. Like, you know, everyone has to get paid. So that's why it's always really fun to do it in the, you know, non-traditional galleries. Because when a piece sells, that piece goes to all of that money, goes directly to the artist. So, and at this point, unless you're selling, you know, paintings at $12,000 and $10,000, you know, 
then it works when you go to the bigger galleries because that percentage that you have to split up with everyone, you still get a nice big chunk of change for yourself. So that's why you have to work up to a status and then you have to be well known because you can't just slap somebody new on the wall and be like, oh, this is so-and-so. You know, a buyer's gonna come in and go, well, I've never heard of this person. I'm not spending, you know, $10,000 on that piece. So now that, you know, there's social media, I have Live Nation, um, I've been around for a while, then I can start circulating that. That can help with getting a gallery that would want me in there and saying, okay, now this is what you need to be pricing your paintings at for us to put them in here so that we all can get a nice cut of the pie. So, you know, it's a lot to think about. That's why I would think I need an art representative to do that because it's really hard as an artist to put a price on my pieces because I don't know what I would, I mean, I would want to, of course, I want a $12,000, you know, painting to be sold. But then I feel like, oh, I don't know if someone would like that. That's like, that's too much money. Let me put it really low so that someone will buy it because I rather would have someone have my piece in their house than to pass it up because I overpriced it. So you need someone to help you with that. And at this point, I'm probably gonna need someone to help me with that kind of stuff so I don't get so attached to my pieces. Smart move. I mean, it's crazy because, um, you know, it's all I ever wanted to do with my entire life. And now that it's starting to happen at this point, it's like, <sighs> I should know that I should have had these ducks in a row, but you never know when it's gonna happen because sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. and. You know, I just never gave up, and I know that I know the steps that you have to do. It's just now I have to actually put them together. So that's kind of exciting. That well, it sounds like you are well on your way. So you've got a good resume. You've been in the game for a while. Uh, speaking of being in the game for a while, are you from Maine? No, I'm actually. I was um, I'm originally from Taunton. Mass, which is um, south of Boston, and um, once I graduated from high school, um, I won't say which year, <laughs> but I moved to Boston for a few years um, just to get out of that little small town because I wanted to live in the city, and um, I started working on um, putting some um, work together because I wanted to go to art school in Boston, and I applied to Mass College of Art which I didn't get accepted at the time. So I put together some portfolios because I started to um, apply to all of the art schools in New York City. So I put together a ton of portfolios so that I could apply. I got accepted to all the art schools in New York City. So in 93, I won't say in 93, I left for New York to go to Pratt Institute. And I lived in New York for about 25 years so i feel like a new englander and a new yorker mixed i don't know what you would want to call that but i lived most of my life in new york but i'm now back in new england and i live between boston and maine so i'm half of my time here and half of my time in boston so i'm i'm like i call myself the east coast boy <laughs> i'm an east coast boy there you go. Northeast Coast, huh? Yeah, Northeast Coast. Well, I did live in Fort Lauderdale for a while, so... <laughs> that was only for, like, three years. It didn't really... You know, it was beautiful and stuff, but... 
it didn't float my boat as much as I thought it would, but you know, that's why I say East Coast, but not that it's long enough, but yeah, Northeast Coast boy. I like that. Nice. So you would think that you would love Florida because there's no snow. I know, but it's just, I just like the, the attitude of people in the Northeast. I just like the, you know, the diversity, the, um, there's a lot more on creativity. You meet a lot of people with a ton of creativity. I mean, even though a lot of people from the cities are moving down to Fort Lauderdale now, but when I was there, it was still kind of, you know, Floridians. And there's no thing, nothing against Floridians. I just have a, a, a little faster pace of way of thinking and doing things and creating and moving around. And I just, you know, it, it just felt a little slower and I wasn't there at the time where I was ready to slow down. And the Florida man is dangerous, so I'm glad you didn't run across a Florida man. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, they're always in the news for something, so. Not that I would not try it again, you know, maybe when I'm a little bit older, it might be nice to go down there and be slow and slow my roll, but right in this moment, I'm still on that. You know, I still I still like the fast-paced things. I just came back from New York. I celebrated. Once I shipped my art off to um, Texas, I booked a trip right back to New York because I hadn't been there in almost two years. And I used to go to New York every three years because mostly all of my friends are there. So I, I shot right back there just to get back in the mix. And it was just like I had just left. And, I was like, this is it, this is what I like. But after like a week, I was like, okay, I might need to I might need to slow down and go back to Maine so I can go to rest. So you never know, Florida might be a place in 10 years where I might need a lot more rest. I hear you. That's why people go down there typically. Wow, so that's great. So I didn't realize you had such deep roots in New York um, and that you still show okay. there. So that's great. Yeah, well, I haven't, I haven't shown in a long time, um, but, you know, because of all the stuff that was happening, and now with all the, you know, the closings of everything, I think it's going to be pretty hard for that to kick back in, but the good thing is, is that now I'll have plenty of stuff to shop around when in that, because I think the restaurant business and the bar business and all that stuff that needs to kick back off. I mean, people are not really thinking about going out to buy art right now, but you know, you never know. People might start thinking about doing the art stuff in the uh, restaurants and, and like they used to do before. But I, at least I go down enough and know enough people down there that when that kicks back up, I'm going to be ready to be like, okay, well, I can ship down, you know, 20 pieces if you need them, you know, next week. So, you know, I will keep my, I'll keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on down there because I know enough people down there to, when I, when I know it's picking back up, I'm ready for it. That's awesome. Um, so it sounds like you have been into art for a very long time. Do you have a particular reason that you were gravitated towards the abstract? Uh, well, I grew up in a very, um, very artistic family. Mostly everyone in my family draws, sings, dances, does something. So while I was growing up, um, I even, my grandmother, you, if you looked around the house 
at magazines or um, just you know, notepads. There was always doodling going going on, faces and bodies, and, you know, fashion. Just I and my aunts and uncles all drew. So as long as I could remember, I always saw a drawing going on, and I picked it up. And um, you know, not everyone in my family can draw well. Like there are a lot of really good singers in my family. I can't sing for shit, but you know, I picked up the drawing and I, I became good at it. And I just, I gravitated towards, I could draw realism, but I like abstract only because I like to, you know, I like people's different interpretations of what I put on a piece of canvas because everyone has a different way of looking at it made, made it more exciting for me because if I drew an apple in a, in a um, you know, a grape in a bowl, it's an apple grape in a bowl and then all they're talking about is how good my painting is. So if I drew something abstract that to me I love, like there could be five different interpretations of what somebody's looking at and to me that's exciting because I love to hear what someone thinks of what they see in the piece. I think that's so much fun and so it has life after I'm done with it. Right, because every time somebody sees it, they will interpret it in a different way. Exactly. So it just continues to do something. It's not just one stagnant piece, you know, piece of artwork. It's just like, oh, you know, someone walks by and goes, oh my goodness, what's that? And they come up with something totally different from the other five things that I've heard. And I'm like, wow, I would have never thought of that. So I, I love, that's what I love abstract. It's just what you can interpret in your own mind and everyone's so different. So it's just so much fun. I feel like when I look at your artwork, it's just very sexy. Like, that's like the overall arching, like, theme that I see. Do you agree at all? Do you feel like... Um, I have... I've never had anyone tell me that. That's the first time of me hearing that. So, see? And that's amazing to me because I'm like, I've never thought of it as being anything that I've done is being sexy. I might call it a little crazy. I might call it a little, you know, dark. I might call it a little happy or something, but I've never thought of of, of, of my stuff as being sexy. So I love that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I feel like it's provocative. And when I think of what I find sexy, there are people who are provocative, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I have a couple of things that I have done that I would feel like I pushed the, pushed the buttons or, but not to think of it as the sexy way. It's like, oh, I want you to think about this because this is something important. But I understand like provocative can also translate into being a little bit sexy and stuff. But when I'm doing it, I'm not thinking about sexy. I'm thinking about, oh, you need to think about this. So, but I love that. I love that. I love the fact that you said sexy. I mean, now I can add that to my resume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> and when I think of people um, sharing their art, and it seems like that is really what they've always wanted to do. It's not about like making money. It's about like somebody having this in their house and them appreciating it. So it's nice to hear you say that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's really because I, I have some things, I have some things that I have not put on social media or, you know, that uh, are just for me. 
because you know I sketched all night or I did some really great drawings in my sketchbook and stuff. Some of those things are not for the for me to make bigger or to put on social media to show everybody. It's just my little piece of my room, my art for myself. Um, you know, and and sometimes they might transform into a collection or something bigger for somebody else, but the original design and stuff, I keep in, I have stacks of books and papers and stuff that I could probably go through and probably create three more hundred paintings. But some of those things I just keep for myself. You know, when people do um, journals and they write for themselves to get out of their heads, you know, I need to write all these things down and what happened. I do that. I do that sometimes with drawing and with a pen and pencil. I'll open a book and I'll just start drawing and doodling and, and stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily go into a painting for me to sell or for me to show someone. It's just me releasing thoughts and stuff out of my head onto a piece of paper, but I just don't do it in words. I do it in drawings and sketches and doodles. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Rodney, for spending the time on In the Pocket with us. Um, what's the plug? <laughs> You're welcome. What's the plug and how can people reach you? Well, most of my artwork is actually um, on Rodney Artwork on Facebook. It's very easy to find. A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.